The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Well, the Forum at 8 starts slightly earlier this morning, and this is because we have an outside broadcast coming to you live from the Don Maitman Hall in El Dorado Park this morning. Now, uh, the reason we are broadcasting from here is because community members in El Dorado Park are seething, and they say that they are still faced with escalating drug problems in the area, despite President Jacob Zuma's visit in May last year. His visit was prompted by letters from concerned residents highlighting the drug problem in the community. On the Forum at 8 this morning, we ask, how can we tackle the escalating drug problem in El Dorado Park? You can SMS us uh, your comments, your suggestions on 34701. You can also tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM, or you can send it to my personal Twitter account at Sakina Kamwendo. Now, uh, perhaps just to you know, uh, give some background to this particular situation, President Jacob Zuma visited El Dorado Park on the 14th of May 2013. And amongst other things, the president promised these to the community of El Dorado Park. Personally drive a national, provincial and municipal plan of action to fight drug abuse. Also to report back to residents soon with a holistic plan of action. The president further promised to improve the arrest rate of drug dealers and drug lords and to get more police on the beat. Uh, Also, uh, there was a promise to remove corrupt police officers working with drug dealers and to close down lolly lounges where sex and drugs were sold. Then uh, there were a few more promises to strengthen the community's ties with the police, to improve access to drug rehabilitation facilities and skills training for at-risk youth, and also to build a factory in the area to tackle the unemployment rate. So today we essentially going to take stock of how far the community of El Dorado Park have come and how many of the president's promises have been delivered upon. And perhaps I just need to state up front that we did issue an invitation to the Gauteng leadership of the African National Congress um, who are unfortunately unable to attend this morning. I just uh, received a call from M. For education, Banyaza Lesufi, who tells me he's at the police station, so he's right around the corner, at least he's made his way here. And um, we have with us uh, also um, leaders from the community, but we have invited the police, as you would think, as an important stakeholder, uh, but we are still awaiting a response of a representative from the police. By the way, we're broadcasting right next to uh, the police station here in El Dorado Park. Well, just to introduce our panel this morning, um, we have with us here uh, Ms. Deraline James, who is the lady who wrote the letter to President Zuma about her son's battle with uh, drugs, and she's also the founder of Sharing Without Shame. Um, We have with us the chairperson of the local Drug Action Committee, Ms. Cheryl Pillay, and uh, from the Democratic Alliance, Peter Rafferty, and the African National Congress's Zane Kaldin joins us on the panel this morning. Thank you so much, everyone, uh, for making the time. And welcome also to the members of the community who have attended here. I'm going to start with you, um, uh, Deraline James. How would you assess the situation since President Jacob Zuma's visit? Well, this morning, um, I'd like to speak in my personal capacity as a mum. For me, it's not going that much better in my home. Um, A lot has been done in our community. A lot of programs have been implemented in our community. The first three months, we've seen a lot of action. There was visible policing. A lot of lolly lounges was closed. You know, there was a a lot happening, and the community felt like something was being done. But to me, it feels as if those solutions were just to sort of blaze the fires, and we don't have any sustainable plans long term. And if there are any, I think the problem is communication. Communication is not filtering through to the ground to the people in the community. So, yes, government is doing something. Yes, there are programs, but I'm not sure if it's effective enough. I think we we need to create a synergy between the various government departments. Somewhere we're dropping the ball, but personally, in my personal capacity, I don't know. I'm not sure. And and then as someone who does get around in the community, do you think that there has been visible improvements, especially with regard to um, the substance abuse problems, as well as, you know, the socioeconomic conditions in El Dorado Park? You mentioned earlier one of the president's promises in terms of um, access to rehabs. 
many rehabs have been opened and registered through the Department of Social Development. We also have the Kimoja bus that's uh, in our community that gives people access, you know, to go for counselling and so forth. But the challenge still is in terms of these rehabs are available, but accessibility is still a challenge. You know, you find our addicts, uh, service users, as we call them, come forward asking for help, but still the, the time, the period that it takes to actually get access into a rehab is still ridiculous. You still wait from two to three weeks, sometimes up to a month. Um, in Gauteng, we only have one rehab that is in Mahalis. I believe that we need re rehabilitation centers close by so that we can sort of provide rehabilitation not only to the service user, but to the families as well. They need to go through the restoration uh, uh, with the addict and not only sending the one person away and not, you know, having access for them, help for them. Um, uh, Cheryl Pillay, you're the chairperson of the local Drug Action Committee. Uh, what has the community's role been in trying to actually curb the scourge of drug abuse in El Dorado Park? I think that's a good question because at the moment we seem to be reactive instead of proactive. And uh, a lot of our community members, when we're calling on community, because the, the, the key is here, we can't wait for someone else to come and do it for us. We need to do it ourselves. And that's how the local drug action committees is established in communities. And I must say, Alderaru Park's community stakeholders has really come together to look at how we can put a plan of action together for ourselves, firstly. And all stakeholders is part of this, which is SAP, CPF, um, all NGOs and every um, uh, uh, that's, that's operational in the community because we feel we need to do something for ourselves for sustainability. It is important that the community takes the community back. That's, that's critical. And, and, and how do you propose the community actually goes about this? Because looking at this particular war on drugs, do you think that the community is actually winning? You must remember that the, the drug dealers, the lolly loungers, it's our children, it's our community. We know who they are. They are brothers, they are sisters. And we're the ones that can start curbing. And I think one of the, the, the critical issues is that we don't see communities stand up enough against it. We know who the neighbor is, but, but nobody's doing anything about it. Um, there are certain areas that, because the dealers is, is, is supplying when there's a funeral or things like that in the community, they actually sponsor. They come alongside and they help. And so a lot of community members don't want to speak out against it because it affects them personally. But that's absolutely perverse. Because if you think about it, are you now going to sell your life, your child's life down the river because someone is going to come and bury your loved ones when they die? Surely government has problems, uh, 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 programs rather, to deal with that. And we'll come to that with the political parties in just a moment. But, you, you know, it's an interesting point that you make, Cheryl, that the community knows who these people are. But very often we are very quick to point a finger at the police. But we'll come to the police. They obviously have an integral role to play here. But sticking with the community, why is the community, Deroline, not doing their bit in ousting and outing these drug dealers and the drug lords? I think... Because of the stigma and also, you know, a lot of people get threatened saying, you know what, something will happen to you. These guys will come looking for you. But you know what, for how long do we have to accept this? When do you become frustrated and determined enough to fight for that loved one when they're still alive? I believe that in my personal capacity, I've reported, made quite a few reports to, to SAPS. SAPS has played their part in terms of making the arrest. The, 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 the challenge comes when the justice system fails us. A lot of people has uh, identified and has reported these people selling in their neighborhoods uh, with its family members. We go out there, but we get no feedback in terms of what is the conviction rate. So justice system still remains a challenge. And, and that's another critical point. We have to take a spot break. When we return, we'll continue the conversation. And just uh, after 8, we'll obviously open the lines and also open uh, the uh, questions up to the floor, uh, members of the community, to also give their input on what is going on in El Dorado Park. And if you just join us, uh, we started slightly earlier on uh, the forum at 8 this morning. And we ask you, how can we tackle the escalating drug problem in El Dorado Park uh, with the full knowledge that this is not a problem that is peculiar to El Dorado Park because it affects so many others as well? 
AM Live on SAFM 104 to 107. Thank you so much for joining us here on AM Live this morning. The forum at 8 started slightly earlier before 8 because we are in El Dorado Park this morning outside broadcast to follow up on uh, what have been the changes and the impact since the visit of President Jacob Zuma here to El Dorado Park on the 14th of May 2013. We're in conversation with community leaders and uh, members of the community at large here in El Dorado Park. And our question this morning is how can we tackle the escalating drug problem in El Dorado Park. Our guest this morning, we have Miss um, uh, Cheryl Pillay, who is chairperson of the Local Drug Action Committee. Also, Miss Deraline James, the lady who wrote the letter to President Jacob Zuma about her own son's uh, battle with drugs. And then uh, we have representatives of uh, the Democratic Alliance and the ANC, Peter Rafferty and Zane Caldin, respectively. And I, I just want to um, uh, also uh, bring uh, Peter Rafferty and Zane Caldin from the political parties in. And as I say that, I see uh, Brigadier Neville Malila walking in. So SAPS is here and we'll get to their role. Appreciate um, your attendance, Brigadier. But uh, let me come to you, uh, Peter Rafferty. As the Democratic Alliance, what has your role been as a political party and as a councillor uh, you know, uh, in El Dorado Park? What have you done in order to try and uh, not just eradicate the proliferation of drugs in this community, but also, you know, just to support the families who are really uh, having a very torrid time with this drug scourge. Yes. Um, as, as the council and also resident of Eldorado Park, um, I'm an integral part of the local drug action committee, actually part of the establishment committee that started off the local drug action committee. Um, I think more and more, if you hear what Deralyn and, and Cheryl is saying, we still have community that's a little bit divided on a particular issue based on some benefiting um, directly or indirectly from this. Uh, but I think our biggest, our biggest problem is that we have a brilliant drug master plan. Brilliant. One of the best in the world. Uh, the challenge comes in with different departments and the plans that they need to forward that will support local drug action committees because now we still we still left found one thing um, the programs are there but the level of support is is it's in, in, in on paper it's there but in reality it's it's not there and support that is something from who? Uh, this is from the different departments because remember when you look at at substance abuse you don't just look at the edit um, you need to look deeper than 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 what 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 meets the eye there's, there's other aspects in terms of, because if you look at, you have your supply reduction, which includes the Justice Department, which includes SAPS, JMPD, um, those type of sectors, um, which at this point in time, SAPS is, is doing their best um, because they are part and parcel of the local drug action committee. But you have still a lot of other departments. Um, if you look at Department of Education, and I can say this without fear or favor, Half of the schools in El Dorado Park don't even know how a drug, the drug policy looks like or what it contains, let alone, and, and it becomes difficult to deal with it on that level. So that is one of the things that we, that we really need to improve on. Um, if you look at sports and rec, now at this point in time, you have just what you call, you have a, a manager and you have a caretaker. Who does the programs at, at, at the centers? If you look back in the day, we used to have people that used to roll out programs at uh, these various centers, and today it's not happening. So that's a conversation that we're still having, um, especially on a local government level, that we're having to say, how best do we improve on that particular aspect? The other one we have, and it's a little bit difficult to deal with that aspect, is the housing, where you have, especially with uh, rental stock, where you have guys selling drugs from those rental stocks. But now what you find, it, it's the son that's selling drugs from that place. Um, and, and the notion was that government actually cancels leases of those people, but there's a constitutional uh, um, aspect that one also has to take into consideration when doing those. So that becomes the difficulty in that. And as Deralyn rightfully put out, as much as SAPS is arresting, um, you still have, they're going to court and guys are released because it's, it's basically... Um, drug dealing is seen as a scheduled one offense, mm. which means it's the same as me going into ShopRite and stealing a loaf of bread. Here's a question for you. Um, I think it was um, uh, Deraline who said that 
the problem is that people, or was it um, Cheryl, Cheryl uh, that, that, that people know who the drug dealers are. But because, you know, uh, the drug dealers support them, um, when they have uh, some difficulty, like, you know, uh, trying to um, bury someone and, and, and then the drug dealers come to their aid, people then keep quiet about this. Now, I'm going to ask you as the counsellor of um, Ward 18. 18 in Eldorado Park, how much communication have you done with regard to the government policy uh, for indigent people where government can actually come to the aid of people who are unable to foot the bill of a funeral? Um, in terms of the, the indigent policy, that's, a, that's an uh, uh, item that we constantly talk about. Um, we've actually gone further than that with all of the NGOs, and this is where um, one of the things that I can say proudly is that the DA and the ANC and Eldorado Park has actually come together in terms of assisting families when those needs arise. Um, but you now, also, if you are assisting the families, why are they still turning to the drug dealers and the drug lords to bury their dead? Re remember, these are family members. They're not strangers. Mm. Um, you have to take into account uh, those aspects. And sometimes these guys will come before, because they remember the indigent burial deals, it gives you a coffin, it gives you the hearse, it gives you uh, one taxi, it pays for the gravesite. That is what it does. Now you have a person that comes in and says, no, 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 don't worry. Um, I will pay for everything. Okay, because you see what's happening now. We are conflating issues. Because what, what is emerging here, what's becoming very clear, is that these are, it's, it's, it's not a matter of it is drug lords and drug dealers who are coming to the aid of, uh, you know, just ordinary Eldorado Park residents because they are good Samaritans. It's not that at all. This is still a case of people shielding their own for whatever reason. So we should not conflate those two issues. They are not no. the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. That's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the decision still lies with the person that accepts the help. Because remember, in terms of the indigenous policy... No, but you policy, just said it's your, it, these are family members, and, and that's why I'm trying to draw a separation between those two. These are not indigent people who are receiving goodwill from drug dealers. These are family members who are shielding and receiving you know, these favors from their families. Oh, what I'm saying is, in terms of remember our, our closely-knitted community... You have in every single extension uh, uh, these drug dealers. So what I'm saying is there's a funeral, there's a need there. And before they could get to us, in terms of, because it's, it's right here. Everything is done right here at the Don Maitman Civic, in fact, mm -hmm. um, the Civic Center. You come to the office, I fill in the form, we sit with the social worker, they go through and they do the rest, and then from there that, con that funeral continues. That particular aspect we have put in the newspapers on numerous times for people to know that this option is available. But you still have the, the, the challenge where um, someone comes and says, here's money, don't worry. Um, not only that, even taking it further, we had at one po uh, point in time in a cul-de-sac where the drug dealer stayed right in the middle, bought groceries for all of those families there. So how do you deal with that? Because well, then the community has to take responsibility for the drug problem. You cannot then, you know, try and place the problem at somebody else's door when you are fully responsible for what is going on. Mm. It is uh, 8 o'clock. Uh, we are coming from the Don Maitman Hall in El Dorado Park. We'll continue it's 8 minutes after 8 and welcome back to the Forum at 8. Uh, this morning we are broadcasting live from the Don Maitman Hall in El Dorado Park. And our question this morning is, how can we tackle the escalating drug problem in El Dorado Park? And our <coughs> panel this morning, Ms. Deraline James, the lady who wrote the letter to uh, President Jacob Zuma about her son's battle with drugs. We also have Ms. Cheryl Pillay, who's chairperson of the Local Drug Action Committee. We have Peter Rafferty from the Democratic Alliance, African National Congress's Zane Caldine, um, and we've been joined also by Brigadier Neville Malila, Gauteng spokesperson for the South African Police Services, as well as the MEC for Education, Mr. Panyaza Lesufi. Thank you so much for making the time to join us this morning. Now, um, I'm going to come to you in just a moment, but I, I want to go to Zane Caldine from uh, the African National Congress. 
And pretty much the same question that I was mm. asking to Peter. What are the political parties doing? What are the political party leaders doing in between elections when they are not looking for votes from the community? What are they doing in order to actually educate the community about the programs, the government programs that are available to assist communities in their plight? Yeah, th- thank you, uh, Sakina. And also, uh, good morning to the community out there. Uh, I just want to say, you know, the ANC, it's unfortunate that we find ourselves in a situation where we are only being viewed as a political party. If you understand the history of the ANC, you would find that we are a liberation movement. And with this liberation movement, we had to accept the responsibility Uh, to become a political party in order that we can create this non-racial, the non-sexist, united, democratic, and a prosperous South Africa. You find that within the ANC, you might look at a party per se, but you find that our members are involved in various structures within the community. You find LDAC, we do have members there, You find that in the CPF, we are leading. You find in the SGBs, we are there. You also find in our personal capacities, like myself, we've started a school, a community school, a no-fee school, independent school, 17 years ago, already to address a similar problem, the drug problem. And you find that most of the learners from that specific school are from homes, either single-parent homes, where uh, substance abuse is arrived. And we actually wanted to create a school with a boarding facility because we also find that after school, these children have nowhere to go. They go home to nowhere. You find in most of the instances, we feed the children in the morning. We feed them in the afternoon. And, you know, that's why I'm saying the ANC uh, is not only a political party. And the problems that we face in a community is not a political problem, it's a community social ill. And I would like to go back to say that, you know, uh, this problem in El Raro Park is not specific to El Raro Park. It is a problem within the entire South Africa, and it's maybe even a worldwide problem as well. And I've got in front of me where Ban Ki-moon, you know, when he was the, the UN general uh, Uh, secretary said that drug addicts should be treated as a disease and not as a crime. And I think that is very important. Maybe that is where we're missing the point. And that is where uh, perhaps our our SEPs are missing the point. Because we are being treating these drug addicts as criminals and in a way we are also exploiting the situation. But aren't you, again, also um, conflating matters? The fact that you are in possession of narcotics Mm. that are against the law does, in fact, then make you a criminal if you are arrested and convicted on those charges. The fact that you are now suffering from a disease as a result of that is most unfortunate, but it does not minimize your responsibility in participating in an unlawful act. Yeah, we're not, we're not saying that you, uh, because of, of, of the fact that you became dependent on these substances, that uh, it is not an illegal, I might not say it's not a uh, criminal act, it might be illegal, uh, it might be uh, uh, something that's socially unacceptable, but because you're in that situation, it becomes our responsibility as a caring society, as a caring community, to take you out of that because you cannot help yourself. You're in a hopeless uh, condition, a hopeless position. And therefore, we must treat it as a disease and not as a crime. I'll tell you what I hear you saying. You are saying, let's treat this situation with kid gloves. We will deal with with the disease because now... People find themselves in this situation and, um, you know, it's a problem. And and I'm not disagreeing with you Mm -hmm. on that score, Mm -hmm. but you you are conveniently forgetting the fact, as the other speakers have made earlier, that the people who peddle 
these narcotics are members of the community. So, 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 so even if you are treating this person, where do they go home? Don't they go back into the community? Don't they go back into the very same place where these drugs are freely available anyway? So what needs to be done about that? Yeah, and this, this is my second point, where he says that drug traffickers break more than just the law. They break the human spirit. And they say this is the worst form of terrorism that can be exercised on society. And we should deal with them as terrorists and not just as normal criminals. And maybe that is where the law must change. If we can root out all of these drug lords, then we've won half of our battle. How do you suggest we root them out? Uh, the first thing is the community needs to take responsibility because these drug lords are in our homes. They are our neighbors. They are people that we know. We need to point them out uh, to the community and the community also needs to take somehow out of control of how the South African police services are dealing with the matter because it is unfortunate that it seems that because people are doing this for financial gain and not, not really uh, taking their service as a calling to society, they also exploit the situation. They are also in the pockets of the drug lords, not only the dependent communities. You find that half of their payroll comes from the drug lords. They are being paid off. And maybe that is where the community has become watchdogs over what is happening at their local police station. Now, if you make the allegation that half of uh, the police's payroll comes from the drug lords, that's a very serious allegation. Is that something that you are able to substantiate, to prove? Because if you can, then Brigadier Neville Malila sitting mm -hmm. next to you there has a job to do as of right now. If our community can speak out, in many of our door-to-doors that we've done as an ANC, these are the things that's coming up all the time that the, the police are actually exploiting, especially the drug addicts. And we find in many instances where raids are supposed to have happened at a certain drug lord's place. Somehow or other, the information gets to that person before anybody else knew about it. And I can cite personal examples during the presidential uh, intervention program, I was actually subjected to police raids. But it was deliberate. When I showed them, the, they came to look for a certain person at my house at 3 o'clock in the morning. When I showed them where that person stayed, they didn't go to that house. They left. And they came to my house continuously, and continuously I told them where this person stayed. And they didn't go to that person's house. Mm -hmm. And when they ultimately decided to go to that person's house, the person was nowhere to be found. So that gives us the notion or the suspicion that these guys are involved with the, the, the SEPs, the people that's supposed to, 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 to assist us in this matter. Brigadier Malila is here. Um, maybe you can respond on behalf of the South African Police Service. Sakana, good morning. And good morning to the listeners. I can respond on behalf of the South African Police Service. I've heard um, uh, what the political leader have indicated. I think in cases like that, when there's allegations that um, the police don't want to act, when there's inaction from the police side, those are the issues that need to be reported. We have, um, for instance, if you can go to, to, to stations like a local station, you can report those issues at... The, the station commander's office, it can be reported up to the provincial level. And then we obviously, we have the crime stop, the crime line numbers. We also have a, an anti-corruption um, hotline number. And uh, you have the ind independent bodies like the IPID, where information like this can be reported too, so that we can, uh, that, that we can launch um, investigations. The, the allegation of corruption is normally an allegation that is just widely um, and or loosely used when you come to community meetings or at uh, various forums. And many a times there's no, there's no substance to, to the allegation. I can remember the time um, just after the presidential visit because I was part of the, the, the project plan and the intervention team that we had out in Aldorado Park. You know, one of, uh, one of the legs 
that we had, we said we need to deal. Uh, we need to deal with all the reported cases. We uh, we, we we called up all the drug uh, drug reported cases for a year. You know, the, the 12 months before that, re-looked at those cases. Many of the cases were sent um, to 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 justice again. To and and, and uh, some of the people were were replaced on the court roll. And the second leg to that was to look because we had the allegations of corruptions uh, of corruption uh, when the president was here, and we said we we had an intelligence team that looked at all members working at Alderado Park Police Station and surrounding areas. We even did um, we even did lifestyle audits on um, on the members as part of the investigation. But I can tell you, Sakina, there was. There wasn't um, real evidence that came out. It was just the allegation. People, uh, people are corrupt. We are still busy with with with, with some of those investigations. But um, I know that even in that allegation, there were none of the members that were flighted as um, as being corrupt, as um, the allegations were from the community side. So none of the uh, members of the South African Police Services since the presidential intervention have been arrested no. or moved nobody in no. El Dorado Park. No. Interesting, and I see people shaking their heads. But I want to hear from uh, uh, MEC Panyaza Lesufi because I want to go to the audience. Um, uh, MEC, before you arrived, uh, Peter Rafferty from the DA actually spoke about a drug policy in El Dorado Park, and he contends that, unfortunately, the schools are totally oblivious to this policy. That's unfortunate, Sakina. Thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> Where we stand, we've upped our game against anything that is related to drugs in our schools. Actually, we've literally quarantined our schools because we don't want to romanticize the problem or kiss the challenges. We want to confront them head on. And that's our approach. We invested our own resources as the Department of Education outside the police force to ensure that we identify the top 10 gangsters that are operating mm -hmm. in our schools, and three of them are operating in this community. We've crushed them on our own. Uh, we've managed to identify who they are, who's handling them, where they get their weapons, their money, and their resources. And I must be frank that the police assisted us a lot in terms of the intelligence gathering. But we've managed to arrest almost 42 people that are operating in our schools in this community. I'm still worried about some of the reports I got. I mean, the, the community will tell you there is a young girl that uh, we lost two weeks ago because of some situation related to drug-related matters. This morning I was uh, visiting some of the schools in this area, and I was advised that uh, the learners that are coming to school openly smoke in Dacha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that is why I take serious exception to say this is probably a matter that we need to leave to communities to deal with. We need to deal with it, all of us, regardless who we are. You know, uh, It's a partnership that we must not uh, leave out and say it's a responsibility of this sector of society or this sector of uh, organizations and other things. We need to bear our differences and deal with this problem. Mm. But if you say you've quarantined your schools and yet there are still reports of learners who are openly smoking you know, um, an illegal substance... How is that working? Well, the quarantine means that we have managed to ensure that we can account for each and every learner's activities. Uh, it means that we know who's dealing with who at what time. As I said, on our own as the department, uh, we don't have the intelligence capacity, we don't have the capacity that the police have to ensure that we can arrest. So what we have that in each and every school, uh, we have stationed um, two people to search learners and to gather information and gather evidence and hand it over to the team that is working on these issues on behalf of the department. But we can't uh, on our own. That is why I'm saying we need a collective effort. I'm of the strongest view, Sakina, uh, and I know that it's a view that other people might not be happy, is that for the last 20 years we've been doing the same thing but expecting different results, mm -hmm. not going to assist <laughs> We need a complete review of everything. I mean, if I have to search learners in our schools, I must get consent from parents and other things. If I mean, the regulations, and I agree, someone when I entered here was saying that if you're going to treat drug dealing like stealing a loaf of bread in a shop, then we're not <laughs> taking the fight back to the drug dealer. So we need a complete review of processes, regulations, laws, and other processes. To me, the absence of an integrated a strategy to deal with this issue on behalf of the state and uh, community organization and institutions and NGOs is not go if, if 
we don't deal with that issue in that format, uh, I don't think that will really claim any victory in the fight against drugs. It's a serious problem. If you check international organizations that are targeting South Africans, it's shocking. I mean, the number of drugs that people say the police are seizing at the uh, international airports and are excited. To me, we don't have to be excited. We have to be worried <laughs> mm. that international mm. inst- It's no longer about South Africans now. And I can see we want to confine it as a South African problem, South African peddlers, the international organized uh, syndicates that are targeting our children in this country. And the sooner we deal with this problem, the better. Indeed. And of course, at this point, I want to invite uh, the um, community members to participate in the discussion and on our listeners as well. 891 is the number to dial. You can also SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook at AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. So we're going to go to uh, the floor now. Members of the community, please just identify yourself and then uh, you can make your comment or ask a question. Uh, let's start with the gentleman out there. Good morning. Uh, my name is Alistair Fredericks. I'm the chairperson of the ANC Ward 18. I'm also part of the local drug action committee. I just want to make a comment with regards to the general there. I personally know of a policeman that was arrested. I personally know where Brigadier Nolan testified the day he left. So if he says that nobody was arrested, that's not true. So you know of at least one. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, next question. Mm. Uh, thanks, Sagina. Uh, my welcome of the MEC and uh, local leadership and the Brigadier Neville. You know, I wanted to just make suggestions, not to have questions, because we had a problem. That is why you are here. I just wanted to make some few suggestions, but my name is Mbuiselo Togolwa, the ward councillor in the neighboring uh, surrounding. We should refocus our groups because we've identified that there are problems. We should refocus our groups because we have identified the problem. Uh, I must as well, the police and the law enforcement agents should uh, regroup because we've identified that there's a problem. We must not just uh, put our heads in the sand because there's a problem. That is why we are constantly here. The programs are there. The department, all departments has refocused. The president and the premier refocused here. The programs are there. We should re-strengthen it. Last issue. The lowly, the, the lowly lunges and the drug dealers are here. We must not pretend as if they are not here. And the strong leadership locally should emerge because we should not keep on saying that the government must do this, the government must do that. It is within us, we can do it. But we must have a strong leadership locally because in the surrounding wards, we've dealt about these issues, we are still dealing about it. But in and around Eldorado Park and Clip Town, we should strongly have a strong leadership to deal about this issue. So, so, so what does that mean, just before you hand over the mic? Do you mean that the leadership that is currently in place is ineffective? It's effective. That is why they've identified the program. But what I'm saying, we should strengthen it because in the past seven or ten years, this uh, issue of drugs in and around Eldorado Park has just emerged. I'm just saying we must strengthen it because there's a challenge. That is why there's this prolification. There's a challenge. Or it means that there's a problem some, or there are loopholes somewhere. Okay, got yes. you there. Um, to the gentleman in front here. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, my name is Lawrence Ndia. I'm a Ward Committee member in Ward 17. Uh, my question is that uh, because government, after the uh, visit of president, did come and give some programs uh, within the Ward, uh, I just want to know a status. How many youth have been uh, benefit from that? And because if you go around the Eldorado Park, you see a lot of youth sitting, smoking the drugs. And this drugs is causing a uh, uh, lot of crime in our area. Did you say you were a councillor? No, ward committee ward member. Ward committee member. Okay. Yes. And, and, and I would then think that you do interact regularly with your ward councillors, don't you? Uh, the reason why I'm asking about the, the, the statistics of how many people have been benefited, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as uh, uh, Ms. James has said, there's a lack of communication in our community. Okay. And uh, even during the, the visit of, of President, uh, the, the, the visibility of the police were about for three months, and after that, there were no police, we see. And uh, 
you can't just clean the house inside and leave the yard. What I mean, they just come and raid in uh, El Rado Park. They live Cape Town as the neighbor, and they live Slovo, where there is also a track. There, there's people are using cancer. People are robbed mm. in the morning when they go to. If you can wake up in four o'clock, you'll get there. There's no car of the police. So we ask him for the visibility of the police. Thank you. Fair enough. Um, and then, um, Michelle Good morning, Monica. Sakina. Thank you. Thank you for uh, acknowledging me and uh, acknowledge all protocol. Uh, I'm the ward councillor for Ward 7, Teen Eldorado Park. Uh, Sakina, uh, my question, and some of, uh, I've got a comment as well. Uh, one of my questions is, you know, when you've got a toothache, you pull it out. And uh, one of our toothaches is the drug dealers. The, the people that is really selling it, it's not our children that is selling it, it's in inverted commas because I don't like the word drug lords because they are killing our children. These people, we all know them. I think as a ward councillor, our community knows exactly who they are. The police know who they are. They have a list. All the people know who they are. They've got the list of them. But that comes from it, because our children are so destroyed if they are caught with one uh, 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 drug. Example, Daha, Sol or something. That child's whole future is spoiled. But we leave the drug lords, and we don't pull out the, 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 the toothache that we have. So if we start at the beginning where this is coming from, I think we will then have a change. Thank you so much. And I'm going to pause right there. We'll continue taking your uh, questions and comments. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Welcome back to the Forum at 8. And this morning we are asking you, how can we tackle the escalating drug problem in Eldorado Park? And that is, of course, uh, where we are broadcasting from this morning. And uh, joined here by community leaders, as well as the MEC for Education, Panyaza Lesufi, and uh, SAPS uh, Gauteng spokesperson, Neville Malila. And uh, taking your questions, your calls as well. And um, just before I get back to the community here, I want to take uh, two calls from a wide in Joburg first. Good morning, Waya. Morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, thanks and to thanks, you. Uh, and thanks for taking my call and good morning to the panel. The first thing that we need to do, uh, Sakina, is to reclaim our strength. And I think it's high time now that communities that they must participate in forming the street committees mm-hmm. and block committees. And this is the, it's one of the systems that we use to defeat apartheid. The second thing that must be done, Sakina, we need to strengthen our work committees. Remember that work committees are there for public participation in terms of the municipality. Uh, 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 so we need to participate in, in the work committees. But I think the biggest problem, Sakina, we can talk about the police and all other things. If there is a vacuum in the community in terms of providing facilities for our kids, then we're facing a serious problem. So we... But municipalities and government, they must come on board in terms of making sure that there are sports and rec facilities in each and every area so that you can develop these kids and ensure if they deal with this problem of crime, of crime, we can't do it in silos. We need to involve sport people. We need to invite federations and make sure that they come, they come up with programs for, for, for development for our kids. There must be libraries for our kids to go there and start. So we can deal with the issue of crime. But if we don't create facilities or build facilities for for our kids, then there is a problem. The last thing that I want to talk about, uh, Sakina, uh, councillors, MECs, and ministers, it's high time now that even ministers and MECs must go to the public and call public meetings so that people can participate in those meetings and raise their views. This thing of what councillors only calling public meetings is no longer working. Councillors must also work, uh, must also be assisted work with the uh, the ministers and the MECs. Okay. The last thing that I want to talk uh, about. It's the uh, second Sakina. last thing now, Waya. Yeah, the second last thing. Yeah. <laughs> there is money for, uh, for, for 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 sports facilities, the municipal infrastructure grant, and that money municipalities are not using it for that purpose. Sure. And Fair I the minister of sport that that money was given to the sports minister so that the minister can then develop or build sports facilities in all these areas. 
in South Africa. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, why a multifaceted approach uh, echoing what Panyaza Lesufi was saying earlier. Let's go to Cape Town now. Amrat, you're calling from Rylands. Good morning. Good morning, Fatima. Yeah, now, drug is not only a narcotic, right? It is poison. The drug peddlers and a drug lord, when they are arrested by the judicial system, they should be given life because they are selling poison to our children and children are dying and the adults are dying. That is why when these drug laws are arrested and the drug peddlers are arrested, they should be given life in prison. Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much. Amrat in Rylands. Let's go to uh, Shoki Shabalala calling in from the Department of Social Development. Good morning. Morning, ma'am. Hi. Hi. Mine is just to make a few contributions in terms of the work that has already been done and can still be done. First of all, I would like to thank the Local Drug Action Committee and the people of Eldorado Park for doing their bit in coming up with the program. We have funded the Local Drug Action Committee as the Gauteng Provincial Government. Initially, it's a structure that was never funded before, but I would like to appeal to them that they must design more innovative programmatic programs Benchmark with other countries, we are more than willing to fund them more than what we are currently doing. Secondly, on the issue of targeting young people, we have uh, put up skills development programs, both targeting the hard skills and the soft skills, to make sure that these young people are employed. As we speak, we have recruited almost 20 young people that will be linked to a bakery project, which project is going to supply bread to our local hospitals, just to make sure that there is work uh, going in that community, but there's a little bit more that I can talk to you if time permits. The one appeal also I want to make is to the parents. If you buy your child this ochre pipe, or you see your mm. child has the ochre pipe in your house, what do you think this ochre pipe is for? Because it is introduction to drugs, through soft drugs, and it escalates to the most hardest drug. Whether it's a Christmas present or birthday present, refrain from buying this ochre pipe, and let's approach young people when we, we see them using this ochre pipe in our open parks and all of that and reach out to them. Sure, Two more critical programs. Pardon? Who must approach young people out in the park when as, they are As sitting? parents, we must talk to our young people, but also the people that we are deploying on the ground. We have Kimoja peer groups. They, these are young people identified and trained in communities. One of the things that I think one needs to strengthen and I acknowledge is that we begin to ask them to do more of this outreach work, to patrol the parks together with the patrollers, to educate these young people about this, uh, this ochre pipe, because okay. it's early stages of, of introduction. Two more critical programs, because I heard people talking about it. We are opening a place of safety now during the 16 days of activism for lowly lounges, as and when police do raids, we will place those children. It's currently being renovated and revamped, we will be utilizing it so people at Eldorado Park should not worry because this center is going to be accessible in their community. In terms of a rehab center, in partnership with the Department of Health, the Gauteng Provincial Government is, has availed space within Para itself. There will be a rehab center that takes care of that entire community. Your areas of Eldos, its surrounding areas, Eclipse Town and Soweto itself, we've deployed, we'll be deploying doctors specifically dedicated for this job so that a person shouldn't go to hospital and come back and claim as they've already stated in many instances that doctors in most of the time they are focusing on the sick the really sick ones mm. doctors will be there and they will be dealing with these kids as and when they arrive when when will this program come on in the next by the end of december it should be up and running it should be functional but we are prepared to put up structures that will be responsive now during the festive season in support of the holiday program that we have to make sure that those kids do not fall through the cracks. But renovations okay. are already underway. We are also adverti we've advertised, we are interviewing the right people for the job. So definitely that rehab center is going to be more responsive and relevant on these issues on the ground. Shocking. Then the very last Shocking. one is a ward-based model. We have since advertised posts uh, comprising five key areas of work, which is a social worker on the ground, a community developer, a child care worker, you know, quite a lot of them, and they will be responsive to the wards themselves, the poorest wards of them all, and will make sure that they are there on a daily basis and responding to the issues as identified on the ground 24 hours, and will make sure that we strengthen that kind of intervention. 
I do believe that if we pull together as a collective, we can certainly make uh, inroads in that regard. Shoki, I'm going to ask you to uh, stay on the line there, uh, production team, to keep you on the line. Uh, Shoki Shabalala from the Department of Social Development. So we'll keep her there. But I want to come back to the community, um, you know, to hear what they have to say about this problem. Um, uh, we have here uh, Patrick Sean Reardon, who has been fighting a heroin addiction. Um, uh, Patrick? Hi, good morning, uh, Sakina. Thank you very much. Firstly, I'd just like to say to the fellow addicts um, outside that you know, it's, it's a beautiful life, and um, I'm, really, I'm really grateful that I can sit here today and just share my experience, strength, and hope. I'm really sad also listening to the community and, and listening what's um, going on, and just coming through to El Dorado Park today um, really made me think of how grateful I, I can be. Um, I see there's a lot of attention and a lot of focus around, you know, we went through that stage of getting money together for anti-tolling, etc., and all the hype that was drummed up around that. But it seems that when it comes down to our community and to the scourge of, of um, the peddling of drugs, um, our communities are kind of um, shouting against thunder. And um, I just really wish that um, our communities could stand together in a, in a stronger way and that we would actually have the support um, that we need from government. Um, for myself, when I was in, um, you know, living in a life of addiction and uh, sleeping in elevators and on the sides of the road, very often there was a time when I was just, you know what, I really need help. And, um, you know, whenever I put that hand out and needed help, um, the runaround that I experienced was, you know, really just um, didn't leave me with much option but to kind of just carry on with the life that I had. And my experience was when I tried to get help, um, I first had to be on a waiting list. Um, I then needed to get myself to court. Um, I then needed to get myself sectioned after being sectioned. I then needed to wait for an, you know, another amount of time before I could actually be placed into a facility. And um, this isn't, you know, addiction doesn't have business hours. Um, you know, it's not from eight to five, and um, after that, it's nobody's problem. It's it's a problem that um, it needs addressing now. It needs help now. Um, I can't wait three or four months to get into a treatment center. By that stage, I might be dead. My fellow addicts might be dead. And what really upsets me is being in the position where I'm sitting and I'm knowing that fellow addicts outside are crying. They're desperate for help. And um, they really want this. And there's just nobody putting that hand for support out to them at this stage. I really want to thank the, um, you know, our, our, our fellows who are trying their best to to support, and this is where it brings me to government and brings me to the SAPS. Um, my, my view, unfortunately at the moment, is that our government has this approach where um, as long as we are getting shine, that's okay. But um, once the cameras are off and the, and, and the mics are taken away, they go home and it's kind of like we're forgotten. And that is not what we voted our government into. We didn't vote them into a business hour approach towards the community's problems. We voted them in because we believed in a liberation movement that was going to take our hands and they were going to walk with us. That is what we believed in and that is what we voted for. And I don't feel that's what we're getting. Um, lastly, I just want to say that... Um, the scourge isn't only on a grassroots level. The scourge, in my view and in my experience, is right up to governmental level where um, you know, I feel that um, people are keeping things hidden and keeping things in the dark because it suits their pockets. And, um, and that's leaving the community out in the cold. Please just remember, if it isn't for the community, for, our, for my fellow drug addicts, we wouldn't have a government. We wouldn't have people in the positions that they're holding. Mm. Thanks, Akina. Thank you to the community. Thank you so much. And, and you know that, that there were just so many truths spoken right there in terms of what needs to happen. And, and, and there obviously needs to be a streamlining of the bureaucratic process around these interventions. Because mm. otherwise, as um, uh, Patrick Sean was saying, it may be too late. We heard from uh, Shoki Shabalala saying that uh, the facility at Barakwana, uh, Krishani Bara, will be opening in December. And uh, my concern is still, when people go to rehab, where do they go back to? Mm. Because they come back to a community that still hasn't taken care of the problem that landed people in those rehab facilities in the first place. And, and, and that, for me, is still my major concern. But uh, let's hear from other members of the community. Many hands going up. Short, sharp, to the point, please, so that we can roll over and take as many as we can. 
Yes, ma'am. Okay, good morning. My name is Anne Adams. I like to stand. Um, we welcome this, uh, but it's the second time the radio stations are here. I, I haven't got much to ask. My first question will be to the courts. Why does we treat drugs as a Schedule 1 crime? Secondly, we all know today that drug dealers are serial killers. Mm. They sit in this community with three, four houses. Secondly, when the president was here, they talk about greenhouses. Those drug dealers' houses were supposed to be greenhouses today for the community. The lawyer lounges. And, and people, I'm bleeding. I'm painting. You see why this place is so empty? We, we are afraid. Because getting out here, we can be a target. But secondly, the serial killers out there making money. Why? Three, four, five houses, we know them. I'm from the Ward Committee. I'm serving on, on, on uh, the police. And I crime. think that Why? is something that needs to be addressed at a higher level. Because if the community have identified who the culprits are in this instance, surely something needs to be done. I'm looking at uh, Panyaza Lesufi as a senior member of uh, the ruling party. You know, I'm looking at Brigadier Neville Malila because, and, and the, the ward councillors as well, because something needs to be done at a higher level, as the lady uh, indicated, that people are scared. And, 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 and that very often is why they don't say anything. But it's unacceptable. I, I didn't know. Are there still lolly lounges in El Dorado Park? Yes, I thought there's a whole lot. A lot. They just wow. move. They just move. If one closes, another one yeah, opens. Reopens. Oh, this is really, really so, so, difficult. Okay, let's just take a few more comments here. Yes. Yeah, Sakina Ambafana from the ANC. Mine is to say, you see, we do not have enough patrollers on the street and we don't have also patrollers from SEPs. Why I'm saying this? Precisely because there are fewer cars from our police station. I'm talking here, uh, Eldos and also Mondio police station. And that issue has been raised by station commanders to say they don't have enough cars to patrol. And I, I wish... SEPs can treat that issue uh, as urgent. The other issue that I also want to raise is that uh, we can't shift the responsibility as communities. Yes. We yeah. can't. It is us who should be on the ground all the time making sure that uh, we assist the police to identify these people. But, but you know, we, we are coming from a situation where all the time here uh, at, at Eldos, we raise these issues, we are vocal about saying police are not there all the time, but what are we doing? What is it that we are doing to make sure that we assist police? From the NC point of view, we have been going back to our street sheet to check what is it that community said during our election period. And one of the issues that they've raised here, it is issues of crime. And we are saying we can only assist if we make sure that we capacitate our own CPFs and make sure that they, are, they assist the police, they work together with the police. But we can't all the time shift blames to government to say government is not doing one, two, three, four, five. It is our responsibility to assist and make sure that we take charge of making sure that we reduce the schedule of this particular uh, 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 seek. Okay, thanks, Bafana. Thank we're going to take a spot break. When we come back, we're going to roll through a few more uh, contributions and also take a few calls, and then we'll wrap it up. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Welcome back on the Forum at 8 this morning. We are asking you, how can we tackle the escalating drug problem in El Dorado Park? And I just want to run through a few uh, calls and also uh, the community members. Please, short, sharp, to the point. Let's go to uh, David in Auckland Park first. David, good morning. Good morning. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Um, I just want to say that the substance abuse problem is a systemic problem and that uh, we need to address it in three areas. Uh, first of all, we need to start to move away from the, the, moral, um, the moral issue of it and move towards uh, the medical model. Substance abuse and addiction is an illness that needs to be treated and there's still a lot of stigma around mental illness. 
And once treatment has happened, we need to move to a wellness model where, where, where people enter into a life of recovery and start to understand how mental illness and how people can live in communities and rebuild the resources within communities to assist people that are struggling with this. There is no difference between uh, illegal drugs or legal drugs. Alcohol is a huge problem in our country, as well as uh, illegal substances. Criminal behavior needs to be treated as criminal actions, and uh, aggression and violence can't be tolerated. But, but continuously to kind of punish people for, for substance abuse in a non-violent way is isn't assisting. All that's doing is pushing the problem underground. Just like uh, we used to, before gambling was legal in this country, it used to be controlled uh, criminally. When the when legislation came in and it was legalized, the government was able to then uh, get, get taxable income and to control the, the problem. We need okay. to start thinking of additional ways of dealing with it. Thank David, you thank you so for much for your me. contribution. I'm just going to take a few last comments here from the floor. Uh, yes? Good morning. My name is Jason Johnson, and uh, I've been on both sides of the coin. I was a former drug dealer, and I am now a recovering addict. To the ACPS, um, so honestly, you guys know what you guys are doing in our community. And in terms of you did lifestyle audits, what exactly did you audit of them? Because your members are still corrupt in our community. You guys have not really come forward and really did something about it. And in, to our community, we know who our drug dealers are, and we need to do something about it as well. So we cannot just stand by and let it just go past and is active, you know, he's going to help us out the next day. We don't need this anymore in our community. We need to really do something about it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Akina. Um, I want to uh, say thanks to LDAC as well as to Deroline for having highlighted this issue in our community. My name is Margaret Arnold, and I'm also a member of the CPS. I want to say that um, I look at the panel today, and I think we have the right people there. But we are short of people from the justice cluster. We need those people here because we all know it does not end with the police. Mm. It ends when they are taken to court. Mm. And that is where these drug lords come back into mm. our community. I also want to say what Cheryl has said today is that we as a community need to stop the issue of these drug lords assisting us with anything. We do not want that blood money. I do not want my child to be buried with blood money. Secondly, we as the community also need to look at ourselves. We are also corrupt in a way. Yes, there are corrupt elements within the police, but the corruption is also with us. Mummies, when your kids are arrested for drugs, you are the ones bailing them out. You are the ones saying such can I give you a thousand rand mm. and leave my child? We need to come back to that today. Thank you so much. Uh, let's take, uh, you know, very quickly, very quickly. Thank you. Thank you. Lloyd Phillips from the Block Community Primary Structure to the CPF. What, what concerns me is the fact that our general just mentioned that uh, there's been no substance found to the allegations of corruption when we at community level know for a fact that these things are occurring. And really, we just feel that with this intervention program from the president, a larger part of community members at grassroots level was omitted. And that is why they, they can come with the results that they have now, that there is no substance to these allegations. Yet we know for a fact that this is the case. Thank you. And um, unfortunately, we have to start wrapping uh, right now. And I'm going to start at the end there with Brigadier Malila. Uh, 30 seconds is what you have, literally. Sakina, uh, yeah. Um, I just want to correct what I've said earlier on. Um, I got an SMS from the station commander where he indicated to me that two members were arrested. One has been dismissed already and there's a trial that's ongoing on another member. So there, there, there was action taken. Then I just want to say that um, we need integrated approaches. We need the police, the whole the justice system and the community to work together. The more, that, the more we're going to work together, the better will be the fight against, um, against crime. Thank All you. of us have responsibility. Mr. Kaldin? Yeah, uh, I would say that you know, we need to vigorously work at the, the community's mistrust against the SEPs. We need to find a way where we can work together. And at the same time, community information is vital where the, they know where they can go to for assistance. Uh, thank you.
Yeah, I think uh, community unity is what is needed at the core of this problem. And I think what, ne what needs, because we have a lot of expertise that can be, can be shared um, to our youth. And that is something that we just have to pull together. And um, as Shoki has said, um, the commitment is there. It's for us to put the programs together and make it happen. I just want to say, um, for the next three months, we have got a plan. Um, the ALDAC, the Local Drug Action Committee, we're inviting everybody, every stakeholder, we need to move forward because that's the integrated plan is where the Local Drug Action Committee comes in with the National Drug Master Plan. Come and join the ALDAC and, and let's take back our community. Let's not wait for anybody to do it. We will do it. Ms. James? We've had a lot of opinions here this morning. Fact of the matter is we are community under attack. There's a lot of hurt and there's a lot of pain in this community. We need help, we need love and we need support and we need people to, to act right now. That is how desperate we are. The fact that we've been marginalized for the past 20 years needs to be acknowledged, which our Premier has. Our community needs to be developed. We, we need resources. We need a lot to happen in El Dorado Park. To achieve that, we need to work together. Yes. Long and uh, also, thank you to uh, Shoki Shabalala. Uh, Shoki, you have your 30 seconds as well. Thank you. Okay, we had their views as community members. We will definitely analyze what has been proposed. We will strengthen the additional activities on the ground in terms of the current program of testing. Those that require funding well, especially the call to, to spread your patrollers, we will make sure that there's a program jointly with patrollers and the Demoja program, we will fund that so that they do their work quite well. We are there to support them. We commit our, in our support pool. So uh, to our panel this morning, thank you so much to all of you for coming out, as well as to the community of El Dorado Park and our listeners from across the country for your fantastic participation as always. Right now it's 9 o'clock and it's time for news with Vibakshini Chetty. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.